You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey there, greetings, and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio proud uh, part of Rocket Sports Media and, uh, of course, uh, also a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we're so happy to have you here with us for episode 313 of the Press Zone podcast. Uh, to all of our American listeners, happy Independence Day. It's the 4th of July today, and uh, I happen to live in the States, so yes, it's a holiday, but I'm still here with all of you, and uh, our good friend Patrick Williams is also going to be here with us on the show today. He'll be here in the second segment, of course. So happy 4th of July to uh, everyone in the States and to all of my friends and listeners north of the border. I hope that you had an enjoyable Canada Day weekend. Um, It's so unfortunate that Canada Day coincides with Free Agency Day. Uh, It's just, you know, I always feel for all the guys on the TSN panel. uh, and, And it's always funny to me how quickly they make it out to the cottage as soon as that is done. Uh, but it's uh, it's July, believe it or not. We have, shoo, we have made it through the draft and we've made it through the first couple of days of the flurry of free agency and we've got so much to talk about in regards to all of that today. Uh, so for today's show, we're going to talk about what the Laval Rocket have done in free agency. Uh, as the title of this week's episode indicates, the reshaping of the Laval Rocket roster really begins now and it's something that happens every summer for every AHL team Uh, rosters from season to season are more fluid in the AHL than probably anywhere Uh, doesn't look anything like the 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 kind of rosters sort of roster stability that you see at the NHL level and that's kind of goes hand in hand with how fluid in AHL roster is all season long uh, because an AHL roster is constantly stripped of players with new new faces coming in and out of the lineup all the time due to injuries, due to call-ups, and all those kinds of things. Well, uh, there's uh, already been plenty of movement for Laval, and we're going to talk about that today. When Patrick joins me here in the studio in the second segment, he's going to give us kind of a broader view of what AHL free agency looked like uh, on Saturday when things really opened up. And he's going to give us his perspective on a few new names that will now be wearing the Laval Rocket jersey uh, because many of those have 
many of those players have played elsewhere in the AHL prior to coming to Laval. So he's going to give us kind of the backstory on some of the new faces that we'll see in Laval this season. Couple of news items that I want to just get out of the way uh, before we really dive in here. First of all, if you're not doing so already, be sure that you follow at Rocket Sports on Twitter. Yes, we know Twitter is having its issues right now, but follow us at Rocket Sports on Twitter. That is where you will find all of our news. Uh, and of course, the links to all of our content that is now found at the Hockey News Montreal's team site at THN.com slash Montreal. That's where you'll find um, all of my writing, all of Chris G's writing, Rick Stevens' writing, and other members of our Rocket Sports Media team. Uh, and so be sure that you bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, if you missed it this last weekend, uh, the draft obviously happened last week, and it was, boy, last week between the Alex Newhook trade and how things went at the draft, there was plenty to discuss and debate and controversial takes, uh, and it was extensively discussed on both the Canadians Connection podcast with Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella on Saturday, as well as on last week's episode of Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel. I graded every single draft selection that Kent Hughes made and gave uh, an overall grade for the Habs draft performance last week. And I had some thoughts on the Alex Newhook trade as well. So two places to go if you missed either of those episodes. For the Canadians Connection podcast, it was an excellent show. Check that out at canadiansconnection.com, uh, canadiansconnection.fm. And for Habs Hockey Report, um, you can actually find both Habs Hockey Report and the Canadians Connection podcast on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash allhabs. Subscribe uh, to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You don't want to miss a single minute of any of that, believe me. Um, all right, so let's get into the to the to the meat of of what we've got going on today. So, for Laval, um, there are quite a number of uh, unrestricted free agents who were on Laval's roster last year uh, who likely won't be back. Uh, but right now, we don't know those those UFAs from last year's roster: Peter Abandonado, Gabriel Bork, Santino Santarame, Tori Dello, Philippe De Rosier. Uh, Pierre-Rick Dubay, who we know has already signed a two-year ELC with the Washington Capitals, so Pierre-Rick Dubay definitely will not be back. Danik Martel uh, has not signed yet, but it has been well-rumored for about the last month that he's going to be signing in Europe. Uh, Kevin Poulin, Joe Verbedek, Nolan Yaremko. Uh, that's a lot of names exiting. Now, that's pretty normal for an AHL team, particularly, and I have to say... No offense to any of those guys, but um, this season particularly, it's necessary to not re-sign any of those free agents. Uh, this season in particular, we've talked about this on the show plenty in the past, that uh, you know the AHL, the purpose there is to develop the prospects to graduate then to the NHL. Yes, that means you need some core AHL players and veterans around them, but having an overabundance of AHL level players who are not prospects of the organization can also be detrimental to the prospects because they don't necessarily get the ice time that they need. And so I have long lamented that more focus needs to be put on ice time for prospects over 
just signing a bunch of AHL veterans. Um, it seems that this year we're going to, we got a little closer to that last year. There were, there were a few more prospects on the roster last year than we saw the year prior. This year, we're really going to see an influx of Canadians prospects come into Laval, and that's really where the focus needs to be. So no offense to any of those UFAs I just mentioned, but uh, they need to make way for the crop of prospects who very well could be coming uh, just uh, just in, a, in another month or so. Um, and so where things first kind of start were the restricted free agents for the Canadians who were on... ELC contracts, um, who became pending RFAs, uh, who also play kind of in in the in Laval as well. There were actually six of the eight pending RFAs who received qualifying offers from the Canadians, um, and those six who were qualified were Raphael Harvey Pinard, Jesse Ullinen, uh newcomer Alex Newhook. Remember the Alex Newhook trade was not trading for Alex Newhook, but basically trading to acquire his negotiating rights because he was a pending RFA. Uh, so he was qualified, as was Lucas Candata, Mitchell Stevens, and Nicholas Bodin. Uh, so all six of them received qualifying offers. Two pending RFAs did not. Denis Gurianov and Joel Teasdale. I don't expect us to see Joel Teasdale uh, back in the Canadians organization, I think, unfortunately for for Teasdale, I think his I think that ship has sailed, uh, and it's rumored and reported that it's possible that Gurionov uh, will be re-signed to an NHL contract. It'll just be a smaller one than he would have gotten if they had qualified him. So they may still sign him in the off season, just at a lower salary rate. Um, so for those six, um, aside from Alex Newhook. The other five of those six guys that they qualified are all guys who either spent the entire season in Laval or at least a good portion of the season in Laval. Uh, so we'll see, you know, Lucas Candata, Mitchell Stevens, Nicholas Bodan, those are guys that are destined uh, likely if they, you know, if and when they sign their contract, it's going to be to to basically play in Laval. Um, Jesse Ullinen obviously is going to make a hard push at training camp uh, to secure an NHL roster spot. I thoroughly believe that he deserves one, uh, but he is going to have competition. So he's, you know, he's a hard worker. He'll show up ready to go, uh, but he has not signed a deal yet. Kent Hughes did say this week that uh, getting him getting him signed is one of his priorities. Uh, one of those RFAs, however, has signed a new deal, and that is forward Rafael Harvey Pinard. He is returning to the Canadians with a two-year contract uh, with an average annual salary of $1.1 I believe it's $1.2 in the first year and an even million in the second year. Uh, so the 24-year-old will be back for two more uh, for two more years. Um, Again, he's going to be one that's going to need to compete for a roster spot this fall at training camp. Uh, he certainly, you know, he and Ullinen made a case for themselves in their own way uh, when they got that extended call up last season due to injuries. Um, they both made a, a, a significant case for why they're ready to play in the NHL. The question is going to come in uh, at training camp, basically. What can they show and... Can they be better than the other guys that they're that they're competing for roster spots for? Um, so we'll have to see how all of that shakes out, and uh, we'll see how soon the other uh, RFAs then sign their contracts as well. 
So free agency opened on Saturday and uh, <laughs> literally it was like the minute free agency opened, the Habs dropped the news that they had traded Joel Edmondson. Um, and this is more of an AHL and prospect focused show, so I won't spend a ton of time on it. I'll just say that I think it was a good trade uh, sending Edmondson to the Capitals and getting some draft picks in return. I think that was a great way to get rid of some salary uh, under the salary cap, and, and I liked that deal and make way for the, the really strong-looking crop of defensemen that, that the Canadians have coming. Uh, but uh, Ken Hughes did make two other small moves on that first day of free agency. He signed... Uh, two players to NHL one-year two-way contracts. For those listening, I always like to do my educational. <laughs> In case maybe you're new to the whole uh, one-way and two-way contract thing. If you get an NHL one-way contract, actually I should say if you get an NHL or an AHL one-way contract, that means that whatever you are being paid if it's an NHL one way, you're getting paid the same amount of money if you play in the NHL or the AHL. You can be sent down, but you'll just be paid your NHL salary in the AHL. Same thing works for an AHL one way contract. Uh, whatever salary you make in the AHL, you can be sent down to play in the ECHL, but you'll be paid your AHL salary at that level. Two way contracts work the other way. Uh, NHL two way contract, you'll have a salary that you make when you play NHL games. And if you're sent down to the AHL, you'll have a lesser salary that you'll make when you play in the American League. If if you have an AHL two-way contract, uh, then you'll have a set amount of money that you make in the American League. And if you are sent down to the ECHL, you'll have a smaller salary that you make in the ECHL. A lot of times those kinds of contracts, particularly the two-way contracts, will come uh, sometimes agents negotiate to have a guaranteed rate that okay, well, they might make this much in the NHL and they might make this in the AHL, but they're guaranteed to at least make this. Um, Alex Belzeal was one who notoriously had a, a guaranteed number each and every year that went up by $50,000 every single year that he had it. Um, should mention, Alex Belzeal will not be back. He has signed a two-year deal with the New York Rangers. It's a two-way deal in the first year and a one-way deal in the second year. So Laval will likely see Alex Belzeal uh when they play the Hartford Wolfpack this coming year. Um, one last piece of, uh, in, you know, Amy's classroom hour, hour on how contracts work. Uh, players who are on an AHL contract are not eligible. They are eligible to play in the AHL. They are eligible to be playing in the ECHL. They cannot be called up to play in the NHL. So if you are on an, an AHL level contract, whether it's a one-way or a two-way, those are the only two leagues you'll play in, either the AHL or the ECHL. You are not eligible to be called up to the NHL unless the Canadians would then sign you to an NHL level contract. Um, that is an important thing to keep in mind as we go through the season and all that roster movement happens. Okay, off of my educational lesson and back to who Kent Hughes signed on the opening day of free agency. So this was two NHL two-way contracts. So these two players are eligible to play in the NHL or the AHL, and they'll receive a different salary depending on where they play. Uh, that was forward Philippe Maillet and defenseman Brady Keeper. Um, both of these guys, it's they're 
Maillet is is an interesting one. He's a Quebec-born forward. He's 30 years old. And this will be the first time that Maillet is playing back in North America for two years. He spent the last two years playing in the KHL for Metalurg uh, Magnitogorsk. And over the course of those two seasons, um, he had 53 points. um, I believe 39 goals, 53 points cumulatively in the past two seasons with Metalurg. Uh, he was an undrafted guy. He's small, 5'10", 185, um, but he he has put in his time at the AHL level. Uh, he's played 217 AHL games, both for the Ontario Reign and the Hershey Bears, uh, and has two NHL games under his belt playing for the Washington Capitals. So this is one of your, uh, this is a forward a uh, veteran guy, 30 years old, this is going to be, you know, this is kind of replacing maybe your Alex Belzeal or your Anthony Richard, who uh, is likely not going to be back either. He's a UFA uh, as well. Um, so that's kind of where where Philippe Maillet comes in. Brady Keeper, also an undrafted guy. He's a right shot defenseman. Uh, decent size, 6'2", 196. He's an also an older guy that you're looking at another veteran defenseman. Uh, Got to replace Corey Schooneman, right? Corey Schooneman is, is gone. He has signed elsewhere. Um, and so this is a 27-year-old from Cross Lake, Manitoba. Uh, he was uh, in the NCAA for a couple of years playing for the University of Maine, but then he joined the Florida Panthers organization. And so uh, he's played 107 games in the AHL. Uh, with the Springfield Thunderbirds, the Syracuse Crunch, but most recently, you might remember him from when Laval played the Abbotsford Canucks last year. That's where he spent last season. Uh, So Kent Hughes kicking off free agency with two NHL two-way contracts for AHL veteran-level guys um, who can be there to kind of provide some stability, uh, replacing some of the guys they knew they were going to be... um, losing and he kind of rounded that out on Sunday with one more NHL two-way contract that he signed and that's for forward Leah Anderson. Now Leah Anderson is an interesting pickup. I think Leah Anderson could be a, a good asset for the Laval Rocket this year. He's only 24. Uh, he's a young he's a younger guy. Drafted 7th overall by the Rangers back in 2017. So Jeff Gordon was the one who drafted him back in 2017 with the Rangers. Seventh overall pick. Um, So, you know, really high pick. Just hasn't panned out quite yet. Uh, He played most of last season for the Ontario Reign. He's a 6'1", 190-pound center. But in that uh, time that he spent with uh, Ontario last year, 67 games, 31 goals, including three game winners and 28 assists. This kid knows how to score. Uh, Why is his name familiar? Well, uh, the Swede was captain of the Swedish team at the World Juniors back for the uh, 2018 World Juniors. Um, They took silver at that tournament. He was one of uh, Team Sweden's uh, top three players at the tournament. Um, Also that year, he helped Team Sweden at the Men's World Championship Tournament where they took gold that year. Um, Notoriously, does have a little bit of notoriety about him. If you remember that 2018 World Juniors Championship, uh, Sweden took that loss really, really hard, getting that silver medal. Leah Anderson was captain of that team and got a lot of criticism from myself included 
when he was the one who, as soon as they put the silver medal around his neck, he took it off and tossed it into the stands. Yeah, you remember that? That was Leah Sanderson. That was a long time ago. It was five years ago. He was 18. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's probably grown up quite a bit since then. Um, and I and I know that afterwards, in the days and weeks and months after that, I know that he has apologized publicly for his behavior, that it was just he was overcome with the emotion in the moment and just so upset. Um, and hey, kids that age, um, they do things that are dumb sometimes. And I'm, you know, I'm not one to say... Well, that's going to scar you for the rest of your life. Let's see. You know, he's 24 now. He's 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 not a rookie anymore. He's put in some some decent time. He's he's played 110 games in the NHL between the Rangers and the L.A. Kings. Uh, so he's gotten 17 points in that time, seven goals and 10 assists. Um, so he's played 160 games in the AHL, 110 games in the NHL. Um, so you know, he's got some experience under his belt now. And the fact that he put up such a terrific producing season for Ontario last year, I think this is the kind of free agency signing that is beneficial to the guys in Laval because this is the kind of of young forward that can really help balance things out in the forward core um, and help the prospects who need to, you know, he's young enough that... He's not necessarily a veteran, but he can still impart a lot of things to the young prospects in how to play the AHL game. I think this is a I think this is a good uh, signing, and obviously he could be a piece uh, for an emergency call up if if need be. Then uh, Laval got busy on Monday and today actually. Uh, beginning to sign some AHL contracts. So remember, these contracts are guys who are not eligible to play in the NHL. These are just AHL-level contracts who will play either in the AHL or down in the ECHL. Uh, The first four that they signed on Monday are all one-year, one-way contracts. Um, And I'm I'm a little excited about uh, at least one of them. Uh, Jared Davidson got an AHL contract. Uh, Why is that name familiar? Well, Jared Davidson is a Canadian's prospect. Jared Davidson was drafted in 2022, just last summer by the Canadians in the fifth round. Um, Now, how is he playing in Laval already? Well, because he's 20. He was he was an overager when he was drafted by the Canadians last year. Uh, He's a six foot, 183 pound center who has spent the last five seasons playing in the WHL for the Seattle Thunderbirds. The Seattle Thunderbirds, he absolutely was instrumental in helping the Thunderbirds win the WHL championship this past season and went on to play in the Memorial Cup playoffs, uh, in in the Memorial Cup tournament as well. They obviously did not uh, win, but he, Jared Davidson, um, had 11 goals and 12 assists in the 19 playoff games that he did play throughout the playoffs with the Seattle Thunderbirds this past season. Um, With Seattle this past year, 60 regular season games, 38 goals, 44 assists for 82 points. This kid can score. This kid was a dynamic piece of the Seattle Thunderbirds roster. And, okay, so you might be saying, so why is he getting an AHL contract? Well, Obviously, the Canadians decided not to sign him to an entry-level contract. And so they're doing something. uh, You saw this with Harvey Pinard as well. Harvey Pinard didn't get an ELC. uh, And so 
sometimes this is a let's see we think this prospect has good potential but we're not going to put him we're not going to add him to that you know 50 50 roster spot total until he can prove himself so we'll sign him to an AHL contract and the hope is that he performs really well and then probably maybe hopefully next summer then he gets an NHL maybe a two-way deal in the for with the NHL uh, next season so he is coming in AHL contract I am very excited uh, to see how this this kid does Uh, I think he's going to be a dynamic piece of the forward you know He's a center. You've got Leas Anderson, who will likely play in Laval as well. Um, that's that's already some a, a couple of guys who really know how to score, um, and I think that's that's pretty exciting. So, congratulations to Jared Davidson. Always like to see that happen. Uh, there's also uh, I'm going to get this name Yakov Novak, uh, who is. Um, little bit younger he just finished his NCAA career at Northeastern um there uh he's a 6'3 203 pound forward uh who then last year once he was done his NCAA career made his pro debut in the ECHL with the Allen Americans uh and so Novak is going to be while he does have a one-way contract he could be one that shuffles back and forth between the AHL and the ECHL uh this is likely a forward uh, probably a bottom six forward or a guy who is uh kind of a depth forward waiting in the wings uh, when there's injuries and so forth as a fill-in. Uh, defenseman was signed as well. This name will be familiar. Remember Toby Pacapisson? Mm-hmm. Played with the Laval Rocket from the 2021, 22, and 21, uh, sorry, the 2020 to 21 and 21 to 22 seasons before leaving last year as a free agent. He went and played in Ontario for the season. Well, guess what? He's back. <laughs> Uh, he is back. He's 26 now. Uh, last year with Ontario, he played 61 games, registering four goals and 12 assists. Uh, so he is back. He's obviously, uh, you know, kind of the the veteran, the, somebody that is JF Ull is familiar with him. Uh, he can provide a little bit of stability and guidance for the younger guys. Um, not my favorite signing, um, but he's he's a serviceable defend AHL defenseman. So. Um, you have to have, you have to have some of those in there, uh, and so Toby Pakepison is back. Now, with the you know, we know that Jakob Dobis was uh, brought on at the end of last season after his NCAA career was over. So we know Jakob Dobis is going to be getting uh, his first uh, ice time at the pro level this coming season. Who is going to be in goal with him? Well, that's going to be a big question. Caden Primo is waiver eligible this year, so it is quite possible that the Canadians organization could lose him to waiver to a waiver claim um, because I don't see how Caden Primo stays up with the NHL. Um, and as soon as they send him down to Laval, someone could scoop him up at the beginning of the season. So, or he might clear because Caden Primo quite Quite frankly, you know, he's a very good AHL player. He hasn't proven himself at the NHL. Maybe no one might need him at the beginning of the season. And maybe he clears. So maybe it's Caden Primo, Jakob Dobis. Maybe it's Jakob Dobis and question mark, question mark, question mark. So uh, with Joe Verbetic and Philippe DeRosier both going UFA this year, those were two guys who played 
in net for the Trois Rivier Lions. Um, the organization is needing to kind of restock the goaltending department. Uh, and so uh, Strauss Mann has been signed to an AHL one-way contract. Uh, this is a six-foot, 174-pound goaltender who played 20 games with the San Jose Bar- Barracuda last year. Uh, he also split time and played 13 games in the ECHL for the Wichita Thunder. Um, so this is a guy who they're signing to a one-way, thinking, okay, he'll. He could be available to play in the AHL. Doesn't have a ton of experience there yet, but he could play there. Uh, but if we, if if a if Laval ends up signing a veteran netminder or Primo is able to make it back down to the AHL level with Laval, then they could send uh, Straussman down to Trois Rivières for a while. Um, so that will be interesting to see how all of that shakes out, or you know, if they if they sign a, a veteran goaltender to to tandem and teach and and help guide Jakob Dobis um and then just this morning uh the Rocket have signed in a one-year two-way contract to another goaltender Zachary Amond uh he is 23 years old 6'3 181 uh he played with the Wichita Thunder in the ECHL last season as well he's a sixth round draft pick uh of San Jose back in 2018 so this is very likely a pickup for the Trois Rivières Lions, particularly since they signed him to a two-way contract. Um, he'll likely spend most of most of, if not all, of the season down in the ECHL unless they need him for a call-up because of an injury or other reasons. Phew! Did you get all of that? Did you get all of that? Uh, so it's it's been a flurry of activity so far for the Laval Rocket um, and Kent Hughes kind of stocking the cupboards for Laval a little bit as well. They're not done. There's a long way to go. Uh, rookie camp and training camp is going to be, I mean, that's, to, I love watching how rookie camp and, and, and training camp evolve every season. But this year in particular, there are a lot of prospects that are going to push for positions. Uh, we've already heard Philip Meshar and Owen Beck both say they don't, intend to go back to junior um and so they are going to be pushing to make a to make their case to at least play in Laval if not in Montreal um there's going to be you know those guys like Jesse Ullinen, Harvey Pinard what's going to happen with them what is going to happen with the goaltending situation in Laval I think that's a really key piece of the puzzle to keep an eye on Uh, There's going to be a lot of other signings coming. So we will be sure to keep you posted all summer long on what happens. Um, But all of the turnover is is very difficult to track. It's hard to keep, not just at the NHL level, but especially at the AHL level. Well, I'm happy to tell you that I have just the resource for you to track all summer long and frankly all season long. The Montreal Canadiens, trades, free agency signings, contract extensions, uh, as well as Laval's free agent signings, and and also keeping track of all of those unsigned prospects. You know, all of the guys who've been drafted by the Canadiens but are too haven't haven't signed an entry level contract yet, and are still playing in Europe or in college or uh, in junior hockey. 
have a resource, two resources that covers all of those bases for you. It's kind of like your one-stop shopping to keep track of everyone within the Montreal Canadiens organization. So if you head over to THN.com slash Montreal, that's THN stands for the hockey news, THN.com slash Montreal. Um, there I have a Canadians off-season trade and signings tracker. And I also have a separate article that's called the Laval Rocket Roster Tracker and Unsigned Prospects Tracker. In fact, if you just go to my Twitter profile, at Flyers Rule, my pinned tweet is a thread of two tweets back-to-back, which has a direct link to both of those trackers. Uh, I invite you to go to both of those pages and bookmark them they will be updated daily as moves are made. Uh, it also c- tells you, you know, when there's unrestricted free agents at the NHL and AHL level, uh, I also will update in there where they sign elsewhere to indicate that they're not coming back. Um, so it, it really is your one-stop shopping for NHL, AHL, unsigned prospects. Bookmark them, refer to them often. Uh, you don't have very far to go. It's a, uh, it's, it's, Took a long time to build, and we're going to keep it updated all year long as a place for you to find all the information you need to know about what's going on with the rosters in the Montreal Canadiens organization. All right, we are going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. On the other side of this commercial, uh, Patrick Williams is going to join me here in the studio. He's going to give us his take on the opening of free agency in terms of the AHL, and uh, he's going to give us the backstory on goaltender Strauss Mann. Forward Leah Anderson, forward Philippe Maillet, and forward uh, Brady Keeper uh, in terms of what they have done in their AHL careers that have led them to getting signed with the Laval Rockets. So you don't want to miss a minute of that. Stay with us. You're listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And 
welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Again, I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm also the lead Laval Rocket correspondent for THN.com slash Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens team site on the Hockey News, um, as well as host of Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel at Rocket Sports. Uh, welcome back. Be sure you're following at the AHL Report at Rocket Sports on Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, I please, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Tap that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player and also hit the share button. Share this episode on your favorite social media platform. And uh, we're happy to always welcome new listeners to the show each and every week. So now that we have broken down all of the moves so far, in asterisks, of course, so far, uh, that the Canadians and the Laval Rocket have done in free agency, adding some some new names uh, to the organization in terms of free agency signings uh, that mostly will affect uh, the Laval Rocket and the AHL level. Uh, it is the perfect time to bring on our friend and colleague Patrick Williams to the show um, to talk a little bit more about a couple of those new additions. Patrick, welcome to July. <laughs> we're still going we're still going um overall you know i a lot of you know free agency day is is definitely a, a day on the calendar for for hockey media and and hockey fans as well with all eyes on the big names that make moves around the nhl um but the ahl free agency opens at the same time as as well um overall what was what was kind of the you know, and and sometimes I think the AHL, obviously, for 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 very good reasons, uh, gets overlooked in those first twenty four hours or so of free agency. Uh, so, what was kind of the general feeling like? Was it was it as much of a mad scramble? Were there were there a decent amount of transactions? It seemed like there were there were moves being made and, and contracts being handed out uh, around around the AHL or quite frankly around the NHL on two way deals that would eventually affect AHL affiliates as well. Well, that's the funny thing that um, with, with free agency is it's actually a much more significant day for the AHL than it is for the NHL. Mm hmm. Because most of your NHL top stars are all locked up now, especially in the cap era, which we talked about the cap era. The cap era is now pushing 20 years. Yeah. It's not that new anymore. No. <laughs> I mean, um, most of them are locked up on these, you know, seven or eight year deals, right? Like, it, it, how many times now do you really see like top, top stars go to free agency, right? I mean, not that often. Not that often. Usually it's a lot of your like, mid middle six type guys your maybe your fourth defenseman those kind of guys certainly very important but not like in the hl where like most years like i mean for the most part even your stars are only getting two-year deals so every other year at most or you know at the least they're um you know they're coming up available for free agency right so like you know every year you put this list together i mean i, I put my free agent list and it was over almost 400 players. Wow. And that was with a somewhat um, ruthless, like, you know, cutoff limit. Like if they played a lot in the ECHL or something. If I, if I put every single guy, I mean, my gosh, like probably five, 600 players (laughs) Um, just for like the purposes of like, well, brevity and my own sanity. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to 
try to condense it a little bit. But I mean, you're every year you're getting like top top players um, coming available, right? And so like like a Matthew Phillips who had 36 goals this year, just uh, signed a one year deal one way with Washington, but there's a chance he could end up at Hershey. Um, so like I mean that's a huge swing, um, and so. Yeah, AHL free agency tends to be like, you know, I kind of laugh when I see like the NHL, the big media names, like at the end of July 1, at, you know, like the, on, you know, on TSN or whatever, like they're all like, okay, we're, we're going off to the cottage now. And I'm thinking like, and we're like it's just getting started. I was going to say, we've got plenty of work ahead of uh, us. And so, you know, I think if you're, if you're a GM with kind of a, an itchy finger that needs to like, sign contracts you're not going to really satisfy that by um relying on nhl deals it's like most of it's going to be um ahl type deals like you know building out the kind of the depth and the you know the depth chart of your of your entire operation which as we've seen right like may not seem important in july when you know things are healthy and mm-hmm. you know everything looks good but once you get into february march and you're you know your whole you know, your whole team, you know, top to bottom is, you know, there's injuries and there's this and there's that and there's guys slumping and there's guys that haven't really turned out the way you expected. It becomes very important to have that depth. So that, you know, that's where, you know, you're signing your, your number three goalie and your depth chart or your, your top recall option as a forward or defenseman. So it's, it's actually in a lot of ways, a, a very important day, but just a day that I think sometimes people miss, miss the bigger picture. For sure. Um, and we saw, you know, there's uh, at, in the in the first segment, I ran down the list of Laval's UFAs, who most of which likely will not be back. Um, but there was also guys who were bigger pieces of the of the roster for Laval last season who were on NHL contracts who are UFA and likely won't be back. Anthony Richard's one of them. We know that Captain Alex Belzeal will not be back. He's off to the New York Rangers now. Uh, organization they'll likely see him with the Hartford Wolfpack uh, Corey Schooneman will not be back he he has signed a contract elsewhere now um, and so and that happens every single year that's that's fine it's that's normal um, so we've seen a, a few a small little flurry of of signings for Laval I will say as an aside I was a little underwhelmed with Laval's activity on day one in terms of comparing it to what other teams in the North Division were doing at the NHL level to stock their AHL affiliates. So it'll kind of be interesting to see how that all evens out or doesn't when we actually get to playing hockey in the fall. Um, But there's three guys that I'd like to get your take on uh, for our listeners to give them a bit of background on, on how these guys performed at their, on their former AHL teams and what, what, Laval fans and Habs fans can expect from these three guys. Uh, those three guys are going to be goaltender Straussman, uh, forward Leas Anderson, and defenseman Brady Keeper. Um, let's start with Straussman. I, I talked a bit about this in the first segment about how Laval and the and the Canadians find themselves at an interesting um, crossroads right now with goaltending depth in the organization as far as who's available to play at the pro level not in the NHL and it's very, very thin. Um, so talk to us a little bit about Strauss man and what his potential could be. 
Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Like, um, you know, he came out of that University of Michigan program, like, fantastic numbers there, played three years. Um, and he's, you know, in my, my sense of things, one of those guys I think that kind of got caught in that pandemic year where it just seemed to throw off the whole rhythm of everybody, you know, the, the whole rhythm of the, like, college or junior to pro cycle right mm-hmm. like so you know he left there yeah you know as we remember a couple years ago there was just blood of players you know guys you know we're looking for new contracts he ended up going over to sweden for a year put together a really good year you know what i think is probably the top league in, in europe um came to san jose last year had obviously a lot of success in the echl did not translate to the ahl but um, I think in his defense, I'll say, for one, there was a three-goalie system there. Mm-hmm. And number two, that was not a great team. And I think that's probably being generous. So um, I think as, as, you know, bringing him in under this, you know, under these circumstances, I think it's a really almost not no-risk move and, and with some potential upside, only 24 He'll be 25 by the you know time the season starts, uh, but um, a guy that was you know at one point uh, you know uh, Big Ten goalie of the year like a, you know a guy that certainly showed some potential, mm-hmm. uh, you know with a you know a top top college program. Now maybe you could say well okay we played you know University of Michigan where you know it's a powerhouse and this and that, but fine fair enough uh, they weren't necessarily that when he was there mm-hmm. uh, but i think there's enough to, to to look at him and say hmm all right you know this guy is certainly worth a shot right and at worst he goes and plays in, in trois revered and maybe at best he works his way into a at least a backup role in laval and then you you take it from there but um you know i think these are the kind of smart moves that you see the top top NHL teams make like these little sort of under the radar moves yeah, that are low risk and sometimes no risk. Um, that's, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't pan out a year from now, okay, fine. You move on. Right. But maybe, maybe it does. And, you know, if we've seen other teams have, have, I don't want to say good luck because it's not luck, but uh, have good results. Mm-hmm. Uh, making these sort of moves. So I, I, I'm a big fan of this move, I think. Um, I think for him, it's a good opportunity. I think certainly, uh, you know, for really for a Montreal whole operation, which, uh, you know, there's a need for goaltending, especially below the NHL level. Yes. Uh, and, and that's putting it nicely. I think this is a, this is a smart option. And, you know, I think there's potentially something to, to be discovered there. Now, on the back end, uh, they also added Brady Keeper, who uh, played last year for the Abbey Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, the the new AHL affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks once they left Utica two seasons ago. Um, what uh, what kind of what kind of production does Brady Keeper have? What kind of what kind of defenseman is he? And and Abbotsford, uh, I should mention, isn't his first stop in the AHL either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was in the Florida system for a bit. Um, you know, he's had 
some real injury issues the last uh, couple years, missed the entire 21-22 season, and even last year only was 35 games. So, um, you know, a guy that, you know, plays real physical, like hard-nosed, like kind of a throwback in that sense. Okay. Um, you know, like that's always kind of what I see from him. Um, I don't think he'll hurt you. Uh, he's he's good solid depth. Uh, I think he maybe adds a different element um, for what they've had before, you know, on their blue line. Um, you know, just adds a little bit of that uh, that snarl and that's you know, you know that sort of abrasiveness that mm-hmm. you see, especially playoff teams that go deep in the AHL more often than not need some element of that. So. I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a solid move. Um, I'm not sure how much the upgrade, you know, like when you look at who they lost, you know, like they lost shoot him in, for example. So this might just be more kind of a, a you know, a, a two moves that cancel each other out. But, you sure. know, I think it's a solid move. I don't think it will hurt you. As far as uh, free agency signings, um, I, t- I spoke at length in the first segment about uh, Jared Davidson getting signed and and this is you know this will be his pro debut he's coming off a tremendous season with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the D- in the WHL this is a, a Canadians prospect who they chose not to sign to an ELC instead they're giving him an AHL contract to kind of kind of a show me contract uh, and, mm-hmm. and then we'll see what happens next year but he should be a very exciting player uh, for the Laval Rocket this year because he certainly knows what to do with the puck when it's on his stick um, Equally, I think exciting in terms of free agency signings is their signing of Elias Anderson. Um, spent last year with the Ontario Reign, and and boy, those numbers certainly make you sit up and say, "Hmm, okay." <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about Elias Anderson. Uh, you know, he's a little notorious from his appearance in 2018 at the World Juniors as the captain yes. of that team. Uh, he, First of all, I think I'd like I'd like to say I'd like to be able to say that, you know, he's matured since then. We can we can put any of that kind of stuff in the in well in the rear view uh, because it seems that he has really kind of come into his own in the AHL in recent years. Yeah, I think that's I think it's fair to say. Yeah, he's matured. I mean, you know, 17, 18 years old, whatever he was, I guess he was. He might have been 19 when that whole thing happened. Regardless, he was young. Um, seventh overall pick 2017. So like, obviously, uh, there's been potential shown. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that this management regime, like with Jeff Gordon, you know, that was part of the, the, the group that brought him to the Rangers in the first place. That's right. Um, now I've kind of circled back and, uh, brought him in to Montreal here. Um, uh, I don't know, like he's, he's, He's a difficult one to make sense of. Like he had an injury uh, in uh, 21, 22 season that, that, you know, really, I think slowed his progression there. Like he had, he had been moved off to the LA Kings. And uh, at that point you're like, all right, maybe this is a fresh start. And, you know, things didn't pan out with the Rangers. Fair enough. And then that, you know, that, that again, another player that went right into the pandemic year. So, you know, that was a year that was kind of sideways for a lot of people, uh, him including it. And then the following year, then you hit an injury, like a, you know, an injury that only limited you to 24 games between the NHL and the AHL. So, um, you know, those are key development years. Like that was his 23-year-old year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
it's a huge, especially for a guy that was, you know, was really trying to, you know, rejuvenate his career to have that, uh, that was certainly less than ideal. Then last year, you know, good bounce back year with Ontario, but only got one, one game with the LA Kings. So for me, that's a little bit like, Ooh, I don't know. Like now granted LA was a much, you know, much better team, you know, or I won't say they're much better, but they were certainly a team that was, you know, a playoff, uh, you know, contending team. So you, you can make that it's, it's use, but like, you know, there were players that were called up Pat over him, you know, so that for right. me is the role. You know, I spoke with him, I think it was maybe February or March. Um, you know, and he, I think the attitude was good. You know, like he was, he was there, he was working with Marco Sturm, the, the head coach in Ontario, longtime NHL player. Um, he was kind of one of the big, um, areas of priority, uh, for Sturm. Um, and, you know, certainly put together a fantastic year, 30, what, 30 ball season yeah. uh, for, for, you know, the Ontario reign, um, you know, was playing top line minutes, certainly at this level can be a dominant player as we've seen. Um, I guess the question is, and maybe he's a little bit like a Strauss man move, like, you know, mm-hmm. a different kind of tier, but you know, a player you bring in low risk and at worst, He'll help you in Laval, and at best, maybe he shows something that, you know, originally made him a seventh uh, overall pick. So I don't think it's a bad move. I think, again, like a Strauss man, there's uh, low risk and, you know, potentially a decent upside. So um, overall, yeah, I like the move, and um, certainly it will just give them some scoring, right? Like, you know, they lost Anthony Richard. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a, that's a big gap in your lineup that you have to fill you know i think he can certainly come in and, and, and help make up that difference well as we said it's only we're really only days into free agency and particularly at the ahl level uh there's a long off season to go so uh i can guarantee this is the first but not the last time uh in the coming weeks on the press zone that we'll be tapping you for some background on new faces uh showing up in the laval rocket uh, uh dressing room um until then uh hopefully you can maybe breathe a little bit now that once things start to settle down uh a bit and uh i'm looking forward to seeing i think uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think laval still has plenty of work ahead of them in terms of rounding out uh the the kind of the support crew around the rash of prospects that are coming in this fall I think that's a fair, <laughs> fair assessment. Yes. <laughs> well, then we will be, uh, we'll certainly be looking forward to, uh, to having you back every week uh, so that we can continue to introduce our listeners to the new faces around, uh, around the Laval rocket. Patrick, thank you so much for taking some time out to be with us today and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Perfect. Thank you. An absolute whirlwind of activity uh, at the NHL and AHL level this past week. So glad that Patrick Williams can be here to uh, talk with us every week about things going on around the American Hockey League. But really, days like today, he's so invaluable. That insight and information that he has on players that come to the organization uh, at the AHL level, it's great to get those backstories of, of what kinds of players they are for the former AHL teams that they played for. So thank you to Patrick for being here today. Thank you to all of you for tuning in today. Uh, I hope you got a lot out of this week's episode. Our mission here is to keep you apprised of Laval, uh, the Canadians' prospects performing in the American Hockey League with the Laval Rocket. Um, 
and help you get to know them and what the AHL affiliate is doing before these names start appearing on NHL rosters. And so uh, we hope you had a lot of fun listening today, learning about all of the new names and faces that will be associated with the Laval Rocket this coming season. And I can guarantee we're going to have plenty more of that for you this summer. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to come back again next week for another exciting episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.